This is the GGC Life Podcast. Amen, amen. Thank you, Josiah. What a, what a privilege, bro. What a great communicator as well. I'm going to ask my wife a thank you for the prayer. I just have a thing with my wife praying over me, if that's good. Do we all know that uh, marriage is teamwork, right? Do we all know that ministry is teamwork? Life is all about team. So if you don't mind, excuse me, this is for me for a moment. I'm going to ask my wife to pray over me. Is that good? Cool. You don't really have a choice. I have the mic now. <laughs> Lord Jesus, I just pray this morning that you will bless Hilton, that you will speak through him as he submitted his life and himself as a conduit for you to flow through, Lord Jesus. I know that he hears you, and I know that he's got something specific on his heart for this church, Lord Jesus. And I pray, Father, that you will bless the words that come out of his mouth. I pray that the seeds will fall on fertile soil and yeah. anything that is not of you, Lord Jesus, that it will just fall by, by the wayside and that everything that remains and um, catches and grows roots will be of you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Bless him. I pray Amen. for your peace and your just grace over him as he shares this word this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, babe. Yeah, thank you. Quick uh, applause for my beautiful wife. Thank you, Jesus. She's more beautiful than me. I love that she's more beautiful than me. Josiah, thank you, bro, for your great warm welcome. And uh, to the eldership team, to our good friends, Leo and Christine, thank you so much. Uh, Leo, it was great last year to kind of hang with you in, in, in my town, in my city, in my country, and here I am. And uh, you've invited, invited us in, and for that we're so grateful. Um, honestly, Jesus loves it when we work together on a team, and uh, to be on the same team as this wonderful couple and uh, the rest of the guys, it's, it's a bless, absolute blessing and privilege. Honestly, we spent such a good week together in Adelaide, slightly different to Sydney, I might say. Um, I'm sure you would agree. A little quieter, a um, little smaller as well, but before I get into trouble with my friends in Adelaide, um, thank you. Thank you for inviting us into your house. Um, it's a privilege to serve you. It's a privilege for my wife and I to be here. And uh, I tell you what, guys, I want to say one thing to you. Well done. Well done, GGC Church. Honestly, you guys are rock stars. Um, Josiah mentioned that, uh, you know, we're a blessing to, to the worldwide church. I tell you what, you are a blessing to the global church of Jesus Christ. You may not see it, but I tell you now, when we see your guys' stuff online, and I know it's just stuff, and I know that sometimes people can perceive things as production-orientated things, and you've got really, really cool things here. Let me just tell you. This is a sick screen. We've got a, a screen similar to this, but it's not as sick as yours. You've got an incredible worship team. You've got an express, uh, expressive brand. You're beautiful people. You guys are doing well. And I want to say well done. Well done to you guys. Um, applause yourself. Yeah, that's right, man. You know... <clears throat> Many have come through uh, COVID kind of limping a little bit. I don't see a limp in this church, guys. I don't know if you do, but I do not see a limp in sight, which is a beautiful thing. Well done for your faithfulness in your commitment to the house. Well done, friends, honestly. Well done for building in the toughest times that we'll probably ever know in our lifetime. I don't think we'll come through another stage of our lives where it's going to be that tough to build what God has called us to build. So I want to say again, well done, GGC, well done. You guys are good. You guys are good and faithful servants. You know, sometimes I'm so inspired by what happens here that I take little screen video shots. I've been telling Josiah and uh, the rest of the guys about just like sending it to the worship team or sending it to our announcement crew because you guys communicate so well you are making an impact in the world and I want to tell you that is incredible so good on you good on you 
For the season ahead, I want to tell you this, for it to really count in building this house, I've had three burning things on my heart for you that I want to share. And I'm going to dive quite deep into each of them. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll see where Jesus takes us. Forgive me if it feels somewhat uh, scattered or a bit of a roller coaster, but that's just how Jesus helps me move around things that he's trying to say. So the first thing is that uh, we've got to realize that we're building on Christ and Christ alone. That's him. That's it. That's the foundation. So we're going to go into that in a moment. The second thing is that I'd love you to realize that you have been built, GGC, for attack. We have a great saying where I come from, of a predator in the wild. And no, we don't have lions in our backyards or cheetahs. I'm talking about a safari. You know safaris? It's there, right? It's not anywhere near my home. But we have this great saying where people often say that that predator, maybe talking about a lion, is built for the attack. And I've had this burning in my heart for you for the last four to five weeks of GGC. You have been built for the attack. And I want to just remind you of some of the principles around that. Um, Lastly is, but last, but lastly is you have been called to build to last. You are not in this for a quick win. There's nothing about your expression as a church, nothing that I feel in my spirit that God says you're doing this as a quick win. You are going to be building things in the season ahead that will last and you are going to make them count because you've realized that you are here to stay, you are here to build, you are here for the long run, you are not here for the short gain or the short wins. And so I'm going to challenge some hearts this morning. So up front, in a South African true way, I'd like to ask you, forgive me. Forgive me up front, right? We may offend each other through what God's going to say, but it's going to be good. I'm so excited for you guys. I'm excited. Build the house. I just want to say to you, build the house, GGC, and build it well. Build it for Him. Whether it costs you your entire life, I want to say to you right now, build it. Because the storms are going to come, and you've got to know this, that He is the one that's going to sustain you. So let's jump into that first point. Number one, if you're making notes, that's great. It's always helpful to jot down what God's saying to you um, and just re record personal reflection. So the first thing is building on Him. Whether we're building a new church facility, whether we're rebuilding businesses from COVID, whether we're starting a family from scratch, whether we're starting anything, friends, I want to highlight the importance that the foundation that we lay is critical. It is so crucial to understand the foundation that we are laying. It's, 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 it's going to stand when we come before the Lord and He says, these ones and these ones, these are the ones that laid the foundation of who I am. There's going to be times, friends, and the times have only shown us in the last 18 months that there are going to be more times of trouble. There's going to be more times of uncertainty. But I tell you what, when we get back to this thing of endeavoring in every area of our lives to build on Christ and Christ alone. We know the scripture all too well. It's Matthew 16, verse 18. Jesus says to Peter, and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Such confidence in Christ, obviously, right? And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The rock that Jesus refers to is not Peter himself, friends, we know that, right? But rather this very revelation of what Peter just proclaimed, what he just said now, that Jesus Christ, you are the one. You're the one that the scriptures have declared. You are the prophecy. You are the son of God. It's this foundation, Jesus says. This one, this one that you've just told me now, this unshakable truth, this foundation, that is what I'm going to build my church on. And I want to tell you one thing, friends. If you're going to be building 
If you're going to be building the house of GGC, let's remind each other of the foundation that we're standing on. It's Christ alone. Ephesians 2, uh, 2 verse 20, it says this, Paul tells us that the household of God is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Your screen said it earlier. It's, oh, wow, it's still there. But by my Spirit. By my Spirit. Friends, Christ is the only foundation of the church. He is the only cornerstone. There's no second cornerstone. There's no other foundation. There's not, oh, I have to have a little bit of this in my foundation in building the house. No, he is the foundation. He is the starting point. Amen? And friends, when we, when we rely on the foundation of the inheritance of the apostles, lest we forget that, there is, there is an inheritance that GGC is walking in right now to be in this building. Should you be visiting today? I've heard a snippet, a snapshot of your story. Let me tell you what. You are standing on the shoulders of giants that have gone before you. There is a legacy of an inheritance right here in this place. But... Our legacy, the past, what the apostles have come and taught, which they have and will continue to teach. We need to be reminded of this thing continually, that if we're going to be building his house, we cannot forget that Christ and Christ alone is the foundation and the cornerstone in everything that we build. If you're involved in leading a team in this church, I want to tell you something. Get back to the place in your own heart. You don't have to convince the eldership of this. I'm here to equip you, mobilize you, and encourage you in the things that you know already. I want to tell you this. If you're leading a ministry in GGC, get back to a place where you recognize Christ as the foundation of that ministry. Nothing else. Not the person. Told you I might offend. Not, not the gifting, because you're great. You've got great gifting. But you are not the foundation of the ministry in which God has called you to into this local church. He and he alone is the foundation. Ephesians 2 verse 17 to 22 says this. He came and proclaimed the good news of peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. GGC, God has called you to go bring the news and take the news to those close to you and those far away from you. Just driving towards this church this morning, I'm like, my word, Lord, the circumference of influence that you have as a church is massive. Apart from the city, which I don't see as a blockage and a, and a barrier to entry to come across the side, you have free range is what we call it in South Africa. There's nothing disturbing your influence here whatsoever. You've been called to those near and far away. Verse 18, we pick up, it says, For through him we have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints. Remember, teamwork makes the dream work. And members of God's household. Come on, friends, we're in a household here. This isn't a business. This is an organization. This is a household. This is the family of God. Verse 20, built on the foundation of the apostles, the prophets, with Christ himself as the cornerstone. Christ himself. Verse 21, in him the whole building 
You want to build the building? You want to build the house? In the whole building, being put together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. That's where we find ourselves, in the Lord. Lastly, in Him, you are also being built together. We're always in this together, friends. Let's never forget that you're in this together. Finishing off there, built together for God's dwelling in the Spirit. A house of peace I see for you. A house of access to the Father by the Spirit. I declare this over you prophetically this morning, GGC. A house of fellowship. Not strangers. You're not, you're not strangers to each other. Nor foreigners to each other. You're a family. You may welcome in from far away the foreigners to this nation. But let me tell you what. The minute they walk through these doors, when they walk into this house, they are family. Not Jew or Gentile or one fellowship. One household, God's household, many members, different people. Please don't get too comfortable with the person next to you. If we all look the same, sound the same, that's not really what God's kingdom is all about. God, cornerstone, Jesus, he's building you up, friends. He's building a temple. He's building a dwelling place of his spirit. Building on Christ alone means that we are acknowledging that there is no other foundation that we will permit the foundations to be built on. There, there is an acknowledgement that Jesus Christ, we come before you in this place to build this house on nothing else but the foundation of Jesus Christ. We declare it out. Jesus, you're in this place. We, I heard it through your pre-meeting, prayer meeting. What a powerful declaration. It's you and you alone, Christ Jesus. We sing in songs, Christ alone. Never be distracted by the offers of other foundations because they'll come. Why don't you build on this? It's quicker to grow. I want to tell you, friends, I want to tell you as leaders, I want to tell you as a church, don't be fooled by the false foundations that the world will offer you because it is only Christ that we can build on. And I want to tell you this as well. Well, Paul said it, <laughs> which I liked. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 11, it says, Paul says that no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. And remember this, please, friends, is our faith in him alone as our foundation will determine the faith of those that are coming after our generation. There will be generations after generations in this church that are going to be walking on the foundations that we have either accepted or not accepted. And I think that that's a new kind of place in our hearts of surrendering to say, Lord, you alone, we commit all of our work to you. Your plans be established through the foundation of Christ. Building on Christ is not just something that we, we like to talk about. It's about who we are. It's in every area of expression. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says this, If any, anyone is in, in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. When we build our lives on Christ, friends, we become a new creation. Our, our, our way that we talk starts to sound differently. We transformed. We're not holy Joes. That's awkward. And I know you've got none of those in your church, but we do in our church. And I can talk about them because they're not here, right? But you know, you can't even finish a sentence. And they're like, amen, amen, amen. I'm like, bro, I haven't even said hi. It's like, amen, 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 amen. I'm like, dude, like, chill. Like, relax. I've got you. Just Let's just rather just let the Holy Spirit be free and be natural and just be okay, but not forget that we're new creations. And that's what we want to pursue. We don't want to be holier than thou. That's not family. 
The world over, friends, things are falling apart, but not Jesus, not the cornerstone. So that's our faith, right? That's the foundation. That's our hope. That's the rock. That's the solid one. That's the firm foundation of GGC. Amen? Two more scriptures, then we're going to move on to being built for the attack. This is a cool one, and you're going to love it. Two quick scriptures, Colossians 2, verse 67. So then, just as you have received Christ as your Lord, continue to live your lives in Him. Live your lives in Him. If you've got your Bibles or you've made a note of that scripture, Colossians 2, verse 67. Continue, GGC, to live your lives in Him. And I love this. Rooted and built up in Him from that place. Strengthened in your faith as you were taught with an overflowing thankfulness. Can I encourage you to be thankful that He is the firm foundation of your local church? Can I ask you to do this on an ongoing basis because it's biblical and I'll never encourage you to do something that isn't? Would you thank the Lord and pray over your elders a, a, a thing of just gratitude that they have Christ as their foundation in their lives? Can I ask you to do that on an ongoing basis? Can I ask you just to say, thank you, Lord, that I'm being led by a team of elders and their wives, and that place is from a place of a firm foundation in Christ and Christ alone. Can you imagine being led by somebody, friends, that does not have a foundation in Christ? I'll tell you what happens. Natural things get said, not supernatural things get said. When you go to a person that's not built on the foundation of Christ as your leader, all sorts of things get said from a natural place, from a heart that's not being led by the Spirit of God. And I want to say to you, pray over your elders, pray over your leaders, pray over your church, be thankful. The second scripture before we move on is Matthew 7 verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man. This is not a Sunday school teaching for us to have only learned when we were younger. It's for now, friends, right now. Puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Build this house on the rock, I pray. Build it on the rock, I pray for you, GGC. Amen. Cool, let's move on to build to attack. They always make these bottles so difficult for preachers. And There we go, I got it. Without spilling all over your beautiful microphone. And your beautiful equipment. Okay, so, before we jump into exciting wild things, um, this is wilder. About four weeks ago, I had a, a dream, and in the dream, I had a vision. Um, let me just build some context. I had watched um, Leo worshipping, and uh, Leon, sorry, Leon was worshipping. Leo does worship. Leon was worshipping. <laughs> And something went wrong with the technical equipment and he couldn't hear or whatever. I don't know. I'm not involved in the worship team, but something went wrong. But let me tell you, just the ease and the grace of him just knowing that that's okay. Like there's no performance here. There's no, sure, we strive for excellence, but there was just this natural ease and grace. And he was just like, you know what? I'm going to carry on worshiping until I can hear what I'm supposed to in my ear. He just carried on worshiping. And uh, I was so encouraged by that. I was like, you know what? Again, I tell you that you have an impact across the world. I went back to some of our teams. I was like, guys, you know what? I really feel challenged in my heart. If that went wrong with us in a certain area of ministry, we would have freaked out. I want us to get back to a humble place in our hearts of just saying, you know what, Jesus? Although we strive for excellence, it's not always perfect. And I want to encourage you back as a church. Well done for carrying that spirit because there's excellence everywhere you look here. But never lose that, 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 that place of going, you know what? We tried our best and the Lord knows our hearts. Um, 
encourage, be encouraged with that. It has absolutely nothing to do with the dream. But I'm laying a foundation that it was, I was already thinking of GGC, just so that you're aware. So I went to sleep with this on my mind, and the Lord gave me this dream and the vision of um, obviously seeing your new building that you're in, the little that I can online and whatever. And I had this vision of many angels hovering over your building. So much so that there was almost like nowhere to kind of see what was happening inside. And I had a, a bird's eye view of it in my dream. I could look down and just see into the building itself. But there were so many angels around it that I couldn't actually get a proper sight of what was going on. I woke up and I believe... The Lord wants to encourage you that there's an angelic presence in this house that you may not be aware of. And as I, as I woke up out of this dream, I remembered one of the angels, in particular, a really tall angel. He wasn't hovering over to kind of watch the game. He wasn't kind of like, hey, what's going on in the game? Got to move this part there, there, there. There wasn't any commotion around him. He was standing quite upright, and that's what caught my eye in my dream. And I believe he's the angel of this house. And as he stood there, I just saw him being kind of the, the guardian. And I know that we, we kind of must be careful of terminology because we want to stay true to, to Scripture. But I, see, I saw him as almost the guardian angel of GGC. And as I woke up, I, I had this kind of flow of thoughts that I want to just read out to you about this angel. Now, remember, we're not worshiping angels, but I want to give you the intention of what's going on here in the supernatural. So the word started to flow like this, behold, Behold the warrior of the skies, an angel built for battle cries, with armor gleaming bright and true over you, a heavenly sight to behold anew. His wings spread wide with feathers strong, the beat, the beat of them was a steady song. The armor shimmered in the light, a sight that fills hearts with great might. A helmet wrought of the purest of gold, protecting his head and making him bold to withstand any of the oncoming onslaughts. His eyes were piercing flame of blue that I saw through the darkness, both old and new. His breastplate covers his chest, a symbol of strength and a quest. His sword and shield, his faithful aid. In battle, I see him as fierce and unafraid. Yet in his face, there was a gentle grace, a light that shines upon this place. Great love, friends, and mercy. It's deep, it's true, and authentic. A symbol of God's grace over this place. A soldier of the chief of the heavenly armies, the one who would say, GGC, take heart, be brave. In Christ's name, let's fight, let's stand, let's stand firm. For I have called you, I have built you for such a time as this. I have built you for this war. I have built you for attack. With Christ as your shield forevermore, GGC, alongside all the heavenly angels in this place, you, glorious gospel church, are called to stand firm now against the work of the darkness and to be the, to be the light into all dark places around you. And as I had this picture, I was just like, wow, Lord, to know that you've assigned such a mighty, strong angel as the angel over this church. And I felt the Lord say, 
this church's fighting, courageous spirit required one of my strongest. And I just had the overwhelming sense of the, 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 the DNA within you that he's put within you as a church is one that he has called you to be ready for the attack at every opportunity. Be ready to attack. Again, not worshiping idols or getting too much into, uh, angels getting too much into that, but just that picture of that strong angel being like, that's what you've been built for. As Paul wrote in Ephesians 6 verse 12, for our struggle, we know this all too well, is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. I wanted to remind you a little bit of a heavier part of my message to you and encouragement to you this morning is that you have been called to be continually engaged in a spiritual battle that will require for you to be ready to attack at every given opportunity. You have not been called to stand back, GGC. You have not been called to stand quiet. Whilst others might, might, whilst others might accept you'll be silent, you will not be silenced in the name of Jesus. You have been built to stay in the fight. You will not stand aside while others are losing their lives and there's hopelessness and there's fear. You will not. You have been built for the attack. Do not be afraid. I want to encourage you. For the season ahead, do not shrink back in every area. Do not shrink back. 1 Peter 2 verse 9 reminds us this. You are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Remind yourself that you are special to him that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You have been chosen for a very specific purpose in the kingdom, friends, and it's to fight a battle that, I'm afraid to say this, many might not want to fight, but he's put it in you. Prophetically, I want to remind you of just this kind of fighting spirit that's within you. Be ready, be ready. GGC, just like a predator in the wild of Africa, be strong, friends. Be agile. Be ready to defend the defenseless. You know, there's a lovely man that came right up next to me during worship. And I don't know the situations and all of those. But I tell you what, there's a moment of just standing next to this man in worship going, wow, Lord, this man, this man, and Josiah standing next to each other. This is what this church is called to do. No soul is an exception for GGC. Not one. You are ready to take every single soul of the city and the cities beyond this place. The enemy will always look for ways to weaken your spirit of attack. I want to caution you in that. Do not allow the evil one to weaken any, any regard of your attacking spirit. Don't be deceived, guys. Don't be deceived by false teachings, by, by the trials that come, because they will come. Don't be deceived by the challenges of, oh, we've lost this, we've lost... No, 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 no. Distraction of the spirit of attack that GGC has got inside of her. Do not be caught off guard. Just as a little gazelle, which is like, you know, I think a little buck, I'm not too sure. Is it a buck, babe? <laughs> Thanks. My wife says yes, I'm going to go with her. Stay vigilant. That little buck is so aware of the movements of its predators, so too aware, so aware about one little inch of a movement there from its predator, just one inch, and the gazelle knows about it. Be aware, friends. He's put this within you as the foundation of who you are as a church. 
There's a lion strength within you. It's a powerful roar. There's muscles on you that you can't see. I see them prophetically on you, just like muscles that are almost unusual, like almost you've taken something to get the muscle gain. You know those guys? In, in, in Johannesburg, we call them uh, uh, four-ways boots. We've got four-ways boots in our, in our areas. And um, God's put that on you so that you can withstand any attack that comes against you. So as you build the house, coming back to the house, realize this, that you're not just building a physical structure, that you are building something way more powerful, something way more supernatural. And as you do that, remind yourselves of this, how am I readying myself for the attack? Because the vicious pack of predators, they'll come. And I'm telling you now, I have no doubt or shadow of doubt in my mind that this church, these very people, will stand there ready to fight. Just as I saw that angel in my dream, he was undistracted by the commotion of what was going on. I don't know what you guys were doing on that day in my dream, but he was undistracted by what was happening below him. He stood strong. He was ready to take his sword. He was empowered by the Holy Spirit. I can see that on you, just being totally united in knowing that Christ is our firm foundation. We will boldly declare the praises of his name across our city, and we will shine a light into the dark places of our city and beyond. So resist the evil one. Realize that he is the one who is building the house. And all that we need to do is slipstream behind him, slipstream into his spirit, for by his spirit, by his spirit, by his spirit. It means that we don't give in to the little momentary attacks here and there. We stand for the truth, friends. I feel like for GGC, truth will be your weapon. Truth will be your weapon. You will stand for the truth in areas that many won't, but it will be your weapon. Ephesians 6 verse 18 to 20 says this, Now pray at all times. Pray at all times, GGC. Pray in the Spirit. With every prayer and request, stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. Be praying for each other, friends. We are not in this alone. What you might be going through, imagine somebody else in this, in this uh, community and in this fellowship going through at the same time as you. We're not in this alone. Goes on to say, pray also for me that the message may be given to me when I open my mouth to make known the boldness, the mystery of the gospel. Again, pray for those that are preaching the word from this pulpit. Pray for them. Every Sunday morning I wake up, and this isn't a boastful thing, or well done, you get a little badge. Every Sunday morning, you know, about eight years ago, the Lord said to me, no one's praying for my lead elder, Brad. Not one person's praying for him on a Sunday morning. And I woke up and I set my alarm for five o'clock and I was like, Lord, from this day on until I serve in this local church, I will be praying. I will stand in the gap for this man who comes to preach the word every single Sunday. And so five o'clock every Sunday morning to my detriment, to the detriment of my wife, my beautiful wife and my kids, because it's kind of like taking time away of me resting, which has a knock on effect, but it's worth the price because the word says, pray, pray all the time for this. I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I might be bold enough to speak about it as I should. You're on a rescue mission of note, friends. You're taking the commands from the commander of chief. I can see it in the spirit. This is an acutely aware church of the spirit of God, and I want to encourage you. Keep taking those commands, little or big. Be ready for war. Boldly attack. Ambassadors in chains. We, we know we're free. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. Come on, friends. Enforce the victory of the cross wherever you go. 
push back the darkness. I've been set free. I've been set free. I've been set free. Declare it over your streets. I went for a run yesterday. I was like, over the streets of Sydney, the cross, the redemption of Christ, the victory of Christ, the grace of Christ, the mercy of Christ. Cry it out over your city, I pray. Then lastly, we know that the opposition comes and I felt 10 things, and I hope to submit this to the eldership. Anything that you don't feel is relevant, freedom to com- uh, correct is there. But just to, to understand this, that if Christ is our firm foundation, understanding just that picture of the, the kind of angel that he's assigned to your church is a mirror of the kind of spirit of attack that you need to have, is that you want to build to last. So we want to make sure that the house that's being built here that we don't go for the typical disputes and the defects that cause delays in building. So I've just had these burning on my spirit and yeah, just for the last four weeks or so, just like these are the pitfalls that I want to caution us in, in building this house. Christ is the firm foundation, as we've said, but be vigilant and aware of these 10 pitfalls and traps that might come, as I've said, to distract, to derail, and to delay what God's wanting to do here. Number one is, a lack of understanding or catching the common vision. So firstly, I want to say this, is to build his house is to build this, to build this house in accordance with the vision that he's given to the, the eldership of this church. We want to build towards a unified vision, friends. The vision that Jesus has given this eldership team is the common goal. That's what you are after. One of the most powerful displays of our unity is our unity of purpose. You want to see Jesus bless something. You want to see things happen. You want to see radical things happen in the spirit. Have a common united purpose and a goal that you're working towards. If our purpose is united with his purpose, which I have no shadow of doubt that that's the case with your eldership team, then we need to back that because that's where his power is going to flow from. There's purpose in our unity, friends. When you know the why, the how becomes so much easier because God has already prepared the works as the scripture says for us in advance for us to do. It's already there for us to go and take on. We know Proverbs 29 verse 18, where there is no vision, the people will perish. Some translations say this a little bit more intensely, without vision, there is a vision, right? But without people running after the same vision, the scripture says, people run wild, but one who listens, submits, and is instructed towards the same vision will be happy. You want your life to be blessed? That's not prosperity. You want your ministry to thrive? You want your family to thrive, surely. You want your marriage to thrive? Buy into the common vision of GGC. I want to encourage, I hope this is encouragement. Don't wander off. Be part of the common vision. Set by the eldership. Jesus calls us, to, calls us to be a devoted house to one vision, not a divided house to multiple visions. That's not what he's called GGC for. One vision, one devoted people, one heart as the Lord builds his house. Number two, one of the second pitfalls I feel to encourage you in Let's not fall into this one is failure to operate in your own strength. Failure to operate in your own strength. 
1 Peter 4 verse 2 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. I see a servantness on you that I've not seen in many other churches. Let me tell you what, and I'm not just saying that. It's not part of the gig. Leo's not paying me anything. I tell you now, when I walked into this place, the eyes of the soul, let me tell you, they tell you a very, very interesting story. And the eyes of souls in this place want to serve people. And it goes on to say, as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Don't get caught in the pitfall of not operating in your own strength, friends. God's given you a unique gifting, a unique purpose. Run in it. Thrive in it. It's a beautiful place to be. Very quickly. Number three, the inability to resolve conflicts swiftly. Ooh, this is a tough one. But the inability to resolve conflicts swiftly. So, so you're building the house, right? And I want to encourage you in this. Slow it down and make sure that you're resolving conflicts quickly. I'm not saying that there's not going to be conflicts. There has to be conflict where growth, where there is growth. If there is no conflict, I beg to ask the question, is there growth? But this house is growing, this house is building, and there will be conflict. There I said it, right? But... The pitfall is to not resolve those conflicts quickly. Taking the time to address and work through and building in another half an hour into grabbing a coffee with a brother or a sister and just saying, I- I'm really sorry. Just say it. Just say the words. I'm, I- yeah, I'm really sorry. What happened? Ah, a little bit of ego. What do you mean? I had an ego moment. Okay, great. Resolve the conflict quickly. Don't try and explain yourself. Don't try and get out of it. Don't try and defend yourself. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Bible, right? Luke 17, verse 3. Be rebuked. Be corrected. Repent and forgive. Let's not get caught in that one. That's, that's, for, that's child's play. The house that he's building here is way, way too big a thing. Way too significant for us to fall into that one. You know, I heard in the prayer meeting, somebody saying, I don't know who was hosting, I couldn't pick up, but the the phrase of shoulder to shoulder was used. That's a great lingo moment of what's happening here at this church. You want to be shoulder and shoulder to brother on a Sunday morning, you haven't said sorry? Sis, we say in South Africa, sis, it means come on, sort it out. Sort it out. Number four, very quickly, I'm conscious of time. Lack of submission and accountability. Seems like it's getting heavier and heavier. (laughs) We know that being under authority is a safe place. I'm in authority because I'm under authority. But I'm not only under the authority of Jesus Christ, because that would be kind of easy, because no one hears the dialogue between you and Jesus. But... What is important is for us to realize that there is an accountability and a submission of our lives in all areas, not reserved areas, all areas, under the eldership, under your leadership of your church. That's a safe place to be. So don't fall into this pitfall of having a lack of submission and accountability in your lives. Friends, I've seen it over the 15 years that we've served at our local church. All of the things that come up is, bro, I don't mean to ask you this, leader, um, did you submit that to anybody? No, 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 I just did it. Why would you do that? It, I, I, and it's not a thing of asking permission. It's asking perspective. 
It's like, I'm about to change something in my household. I'm about to change the way that my family operates. In, in a big way. In what way? Oh, no, we went and bought a house and three new cars. What are you doing, bro? Did, did, you, did you, I mean, you prayed about it? Yeah, the Lord said, good. I was like, and timing? Well, yeah, that's why I'm here now. It didn't quite work out. I'm like, ah. But you have a life group. You're leading people. Submit yourselves. Friends, it says it in the Word. James 4 verse 7. Submit yourselves. Resist the devil and he will flee. Don't look at submission as something that you're enslaved to. Look at uh, submission and accountability as something that you can be free in. You'll know the heart of the person that you're being submitted to, whether it's a place of freedom or not. Obey your leaders, friends, and submit to them, since they have watched over your souls. And they will give an account. How do we give an account? I'm an elder in our local church. I say to our guys, how can I give an account if I don't know of the account? That's not fair. Are we friends? Are we not friends? Are we partners? Are we not partners? Are we colleagues in the kingdom? Never seen that in the Bible. You're a colleague of mine. No, we're not colleagues. We're friends. Friends share. You know, this is what happened in my life. The way I'm talking to my wife right now is not very good. Submission. Number five. Lord Jesus, I don't know how I'm going to get through these. <laughs> Number five. Failure to flourish where you planted seen this time and time again, a plant that is moved too often withers and dies. So do not get caught as we build this house in failure to flourish where God has rooted you, God has grounded you in this place, in this season, right now in your life. You will not only cause delays, disruption, and confusion for yourself and for your own life, but you will also cause disruption in what he's building here. Jeremiah 17 says this, but blessed, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. They, those people, will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. How does that happen? It's because I'm trusting that the Lord has me in the exact sweet spot of the place that he's wanting me to be in, in this local church serving in my purpose, in my calling, right here, right now. Until he says, it's time to move on. But again, coming back to pitfall number four, do not be caught in the area of being unaccountable. Be accountable. Doesn't matter whether it's a wind blowing to the left or wind blowing to the right. Be accountable. Number six, the inability to be a faithful steward. This one's big. Sowing small seeds can reap big rewards. You want to be found faithful. We heard again in this morning's meeting, sow the seed. I believe that. That's a word. The word of the Lord is saying right now is sow the seed, friends. You want to see him build this house? Sow the seed. Doesn't matter if the seed is small. Do you all know what the Bible says about a small mustard seed? But it can lead to great success in him building this house. And the word also says that when you build my house, I'll build your house. So you want to be faithful in his house and you want to really hold the lens of the Bible up against your life? You go ahead and build his house and you'll see what he does to build your house. Come, come and share, come and be faithful. Diligence is not striving, friends. Diligence is not excellence, living sacrifice. I want to be a faithful, good steward of all that he's given. Everything that we're doing here as a house to demonstrate the way that we are, are as a family, as, a, as the household of God, eyes are on us all the time. 
Every single person that's below the age of 18 are, are recognizing the model, are recognizing the blueprints. Oh, so that's faithfulness. Oh, great. I've got something to go towards. You know, we, we owned a brand and communications agency. And for eight years, this agency, God, just built up into quite a significant, yeah, design and brand and communications agency. And every single day that our designers have 13-odd designers, their workflow schedule, their first hour of their day would be dedicated to the work of the Lord. So we were probably the most overly branded and communicated church in the whole of the northern suburbs in our area. But it was a principle of teaching faithfulness and being a good steward of everything that God's given us. Even in the workplace, even in the marketplace, every single one of our graphic designers, first hour was dedicated to the Lord. Be faithful in that. And a lot of them weren't born again believers, but they saw the principle. They were like, wow, why do we do this? Glad you asked. Thanks for asking. I want to be a good, faithful steward to the Lord. These hours, they're not mine. I want to give them the best. You guys are wide awake now. I want the crossing church to get the best of us in this hour. Remain steadfast, friends, even without recognition. He sees everything. I want to remind you of that. He sees absolutely everything, and he knows best. And this is the other thing, is that inheritance. If we are truly being honest that we want to go after the inheritance, Inheritance requires a sacrifice. Inheritance requires a sacrifice. You will have to sacrifice something of your life in order to go after the inheritance that God has for this church. I'm going to fly through the last few and then we're going to land. Number seven, lack of humility. So true growth will come when the house is a humble house. Be a humble house, friends. Be teachable. Prevent disputes before they even happen. Do nothing out of selfish gain, the word says. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. The minute you have a check in your heart, I'm doing this for myself, back away completely. Don't step away from what God's called you to, but step back, assess, and then go back in. Number eight, failure to keep laying down your life. What will it cost you to build this house? Friends, I hate to say it to you, it will cost you everything. It will cost you everything. I've seen it in our own lives. My daughter, she's 13 now, but in the younger years of her growing up and over the 15 years and many families that the Lord gave us the privilege, I use the word deliberately, the privilege of shepherding. Shepherding them out of the most horrendous situations. Ambulances arriving, fathers and mothers being pulled apart from each other. Terrible situations. To those that were sick, those that were needy, single parents, single fathers, children left and we would get in the car and my daughter would say sitting in the back why are we going again why are we going to help again why are we the ones that have to take another meal why are you the one on a Friday night that can't drop me off at youth that I want to go to because you have to go pray for somebody why us dad why our family? Why do we have to carry the price? And friends, I want to encourage you this evening. Just as Christ laid down his life, he says, deny yourself. Don't deny yourself joy because there's joy 
in the work of the Lord. Don't let the devil lie to you. And don't let there be fear that if I, if I, if I just, this one moment, if I, if I just don't do it now, this is going to happen. That's a lie. Fear is a liar. But Jesus says, pick up your cross daily and follow me. That's why we do it. Follow where I'm calling you to. It will cost you everything to build his house, friends. Everything. Where your treasure is, in this house, so too your heart will be. If you truly treasure that he wants to use you in this local church to build this house, so too your heart will be there. Number nine, the inability to keep things simple. Please don't overcomplicate. Growth creates complexity. However, complexity kills growth. Let me say it again, friends, in the season that I see God pushing you into, He's shoving you into it. The nest got too big. You're in a whole new nest now. Complexity kills growth. As leaders in the, in, 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 here this morning, fight for simple structures. Fight for simplicity. Fight for just keeping relationships uncomplicated. Not uninvested, uncomplicated. Keep it simple. Don't overcomplicate things. Keep your system simple. Keep your opportunities to serve simple and complicated. Oh yeah, it's easy to serve. We've got 112 places for you to serve. Where would you like to serve? What is this? What, yeah, we've got one person that just does microphone stands. Do you want to do that? Uncomplicated. No training required. Sunday morning arrive, I'll show you. One mic, one mic, one mic, one mic. 160 opportunities to serve in his house. Keep it uncomplicated, friends. Lastly, unaware of the spiritual battle around us. It's one of the points that we started with, but I want to land with it. Is that lest we forget the spiritual battle that he's called you as a church to specifically. For we know that this is not a battle of flesh and blood, but it's a, a battle of powers and principalities. Be praying in the spirit all the time. Across the streets, across your home. Pray it out. Pray in the spirit when you're setting up. You don't know what's come in and gone out. And I'm not going to go spooky, spooky ghost on us. But pray in the spirit, the word says. Stay alert in the spirit. He highlights things to us in the spirit. You don't walk in and go, oh, that's that. Because you, you, you just felt it naturally. No, it's supernatural things. Don't get caught in the trap of not realizing this thing of it is a spiritual battle around us all the time. Our son, who's nine now, had a terrible incident when he was three months old where we could not explain whilst he was with his caretaker how he got a crack on his skull, almost a 18 centimeter crack. And we couldn't explain it. The caretaker said, I did this and I did this and it can't be that. I was like, are you sure? Maybe just be honest with me. Was it this moment, that moment? I'm trying to work out your evening. We were at a prayer meeting again, counting the cost, but I don't know what happened to my son. We'll cost you everything. We take him to hospital. We think the hospital care staff are like, oh, you know, we don't know what happened. You don't know what happened. We have to take him for x-rays. Yeah, sure, let's go. I'm in there with my son. I'm doing x-rays, x-rays, x-rays. Hopefully this has been figured out. I walk out and there's two police 
standing at the doorway of the scan area and already in my spirit, there's a problem here. And the nurse said, I'm so sorry to ask you to do this, but you have to go to the pediatrician's office. He needs to have a word with you. And we walk into the pediatrician's office and he says, Mr. and Mrs. Rose, this is probably one of the hardest things of what I have to do in being a caretaker and a doctor to children is that when I am not 100% convinced that this child's safety is in place at home, I have to revoke your custody over the child. And so from this moment on, until we find out what happened to your child, you will temporarily not have custody over him. Riza went absolutely blank, completely blank. I sat there, I was like, Lord Almighty, what is going on here? I said, can we engage with them? Sure, supervised. Can we do, no, that's, that's no longer your right. You no longer have that right over your son, Grayston. Three-month-old baby lying in this ICU room where, where they're doing all sorts of tests now in the suspicion that something had gone wrong from touching his body in all sorts of places to figure out and to assess whether there was any other harm or damage done to him. Overwhelmed by the situation, I just walked out of the ICU and I went across and I phoned our lead elder and I said, bro, just pray for me. I'm acutely aware of the battle that's around me right now and I need prayer. Cover me in a prayer. Cover my family. I can't do this right now, but there's a spiritual battle here that I'm aware of and I need somebody to cover me. We pray, we raise the dead in our prayers, we slay giants in our prayers. And I walked back towards the the, um, ICU room. And as I walked in, just behind the door, there was a dark figure, a dark presence behind the door. That as I opened up the door, the presence left, literally walked right next to me. And I get this message from my stepfather's brother in the USA who didn't know anything of the circumstance and he said a cry has just gone out to the heavens that has cancelled the attack on your son's life he's free from that place and I stood there I read this I spirit aware Lord Jesus don't get caught in the trap friends of being completely acute aware of the fact that this is a spiritual battle around us against our children, against our leaders, against our elders, against our wives. All around us, there's a spiritual battle taking place. And so church this evening, uh, this afternoon or whatever time it is, still morning, these are the evidences of a people that are building the house for the Lord. They put in his, their trust in the Lord. They put in their trust in Jesus. GGC, I hope that you've been able to catch my heart this morning of just simply trusting Him as you build the house in the season ahead. Don't get caught in the traps. They're easy to fall into. They're pitfalls for that reason. You're walking along and the next minute you're like, oh, there I am, I'm in there. Yeah, it's pitfall for that reason. Don't fall in the trap. Thanks for listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged. Be blessed.